Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tell Us What's in the Box. Um, we are talking about the 2015 indie survival horror game, Colot, by IMGN.pro. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we are. And we felt this game, we picked this game for this time of year. Um, because it's cold, supposedly. Not where we live. I'm in Texas. She's in California. So we're cool. But we it's, figured somebody else might it's be cold where- here now in California. It's cold for you. Yeah. It is 60 <laughs> degrees outside. Jeez. It is cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to get colder. <laughs> I grew up in Vermont. So you're not impressing me much. <laughs> Grew up in New England, man. It's snow dress taller than me. Really cold. Walk to school both ways. In the snow. Uphill in the snow. Uphill in the snow. Um, Yeah, no, I grew up in... But anyway, we figured, you know, this game, get us in the the winter uh, mood. Get us in the the winter thing. Um, This game uh, is actually based on a true incident. In Russia, which these are always fun <laughs> because you're like, this is creepy as shit, and they still don't know what happened. No. Um, do you want to give us a little like what the what the do you know what the the incident was? Do yeah. You, okay. Yeah. So this I want to say this happened back in the mid fifties. Nineteen fifty nine. Nineteen fifty nine. Late fifties. My mistake. So there were. Nine hikers who were hiking um, on a mountain, um, and it's it's referred to as the. And apologies if I'm butchering the pronunciation of it. It's called the that that Pass incident. Um, there were ten Russian students. Nine of them went missing um, on. The Kolat, which I believe is the name of the of mountain. The mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, it's, it, the the full name is Kolat Psych. Oh, God. I, I, I can't pronounce Russian to save my life. S Y A K H L. Kolat Saki? Kolat Saki. But yeah. So. Long story short, nobody knows what the fuck happened. Some crazy shit happened. We got some, the camper, like they, like nine of them, they all died mysteriously. For whatever reason, they abandoned their campsite in the middle of the night. They didn't bring any provisions with them. No food, no water, no warm clothes, whatever. They left all of that back at their campsite. And they eventually found all of them. Um, I think it was about, I want to say like around five of them that died of hypothermia. Mm. But the other few that they found like had suffered from mysterious traumatic injuries. And they had to wait to find those last ones until there was a thaw that year. Oh, they yeah. Found, yeah, they found the, the first ones relatively soon once they found them, once they, you know, went for a search. But then they didn't yeah. find the other ones until um, spring happened. And yeah. When they did find them, one one person had, like, a massive like, head head trauma. A few, um, a few other ones um, uh, had – two, two individuals had chest fractures – um one body was missing both its eyes the other one was missing its tongue so you know i mean i swear that probably was an animal i mean that's you know animals do that like animals like will seriously just go like i just want it's soft tissue it's soft squishy tissue i'm telling you it was a bird yes exactly exactly what about the tongue though like what animal? Same thing, especially like, if she had thing? if she had her her mouth open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like you know soft tissue. It's like not like it's easy. I don't know. That's just my that's just my yeah. thought. Okay, well, like there are lots of uh, crazier theories to explain why these people were missing the eyeballs and their tongue and all okay. the other trauma. Um. So the 
people think like, okay, they were attacked by animals, which considering the trauma, that's obviously the most viable theory. Um, there's hy- hypothermia, avalanche, uh, really insane winds, uh, infrasound-induced panic, military inv- involvement, or some combination of these. Um, some people, like, once this happened, there were other theories that floated around saying, like, oh, these people, like, something with the um, uh, radioactivity in the air made made them go insane. Um, so a lot of, like, really good, like, crazy theories that always seem, like, to come out of Russia. Like, they're really good, like stories like this crazy unexplained things um welcome to our podcast where you get to hear creepy fucking history yes as well as talk about horror media yes absolutely well just like master she said how that was based on oh yeah we had fun talking about fish oh god (laughs) yeah so this one isn't nearly as traumatic but it's crazy in in its own way um and fun fact uh just this past summer in July 2020 um they had um i guess investigators had reopened the case in 2015 really when this game came out too so there's like that it, it coincided with with each other huh. um, i wonder if the but- game inspired them to open the case or whether because they were opening the case they I mean, the game would have had to come first, right? Because they went. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the game, yeah, was released in 2015. So obviously they were working on it for a few a few years beforehand. And then, like, like I said, the case was reopened. And then I believe they officially closed it in July of 2020. And they labeled the, the official cause of death for all of these people as hyper hypothermia due to a combination of an avalanche which forced the group to leave their camp combined with low visibility and hmm. that's that so it's essentially ru- ruling it as like an accident why I mean, in their underwear i know right what would i mean was them- it one of those things where they ran out with their clothes no, they left. They left their clothes. I I believe some Did people they? actually tried to go back to the campsite to try to get their clothes back, and those were the people that were like physically injured. I mean, I was like, thinking that maybe that like maybe like what happened was is they go, they run out right because avalanche. Yeah. So they're not. You know, they have whatever they were sleeping in, and then they're out there, and a couple of them succumb to hypothermia. Yeah. So the others take the clothes because they're dead and they don't need them anymore. But they didn't. But were the clothes at the campsite? Yeah, the clothes were at the campsite. The campsite wasn't covered in snow or anything like that. Why were they in their underwear? Why exactly? No underwear. Nobody knows why they left their campsite, and that (laughs) that is where we are with the game. Colot. You're essentially mm. trying to piece together what happened and the developers have woven in their own theories, but it's it's very it's more loosely based on what happened and they throw in a bunch of fiction and stuff in a very like you have to read all these notes and they breadcrumb pieces of the story. Yeah. I mean the basic thing of the game is yeah. the game is not hard. Um, the game is more about the experience and the ambiance and the feeling of isolation that it gives you more than it's about like platform jumping or killing enemies and everything. It's not that. And it's not hard. The game is only yeah. a couple hours. Yeah. Um, it, if, you know, if, you get, yeah. you know, it's basically an exploratory game. You know, you're this person who's going to. Uh, try and figure out an investigator who's going to try and figure out what happened and then um and then uh yeah okay let me let me re rework my brain here <laughs> so you're investigating you're trying to figure out what happened so you basically you get dropped there and you're by yourself there's no 
other characters with you that you interact with or anything. You start out at like the first little bit is start out at the town where these kids had stopped um, before they went to the mountain. Um, and you kind of wander around there a little bit and then you wander out and uh, fall. And then, uh, you know, you're out where they were found, their tent was found. And so from that on, you get like a map of the area and a compass and some coordinates. And so basically your job is just to go to these coordinates and find what you can find at these coordinates and intermittently, you know, you'll find notes and stuff that will give you like more information on what happened or like more history on what's going on. You get, um, some entries from one of the students, like her diary entries about, uh, you know, their expedition. And then you get, uh, another one from i mean scientist was he a scientist i think yeah so and there's go ahead yeah anton was the scientist's name right I mean, there's like you you hear him talking to you throughout various points and you're also reading his like diary entries but then you're also reading so was the diary it, it's vitale right that's Vitaly. the guy that's, he is the one that's talking to you and like yeah. his friend is Anton. Like the guy yeah. he knows is Anton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is who is and and let's just let's just acknowledge that this is narrated by Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Yes. Mr. Game of Thrones. Yeah. He, he was <laughs> his narration was very very good. It was very good. Yeah. It really it really upped up the game. Like, what you yeah. talking, John Bean? John Bean, <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> You're scaring me. And some of it had, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, you go around and he just, every once in a while, there's the only two voice things. Other than that, that's it. It's just you and the wind and the mountain. And every yep. once in a while, you'll get some Sean Bean narration and this other woman narration mm-hmm. who was one of the students. And that's it. That's it. I mean, other than that, it's like, it's, it's the snow and the wind and you know the little notes flapping and how stuff it would like- have been yeah for yeah the actual people there like it's a survival horror type game and if if anybody has played um what remains of edith finch or dear esther or any like i don't like to use the term like walking sim um but it's not as bad as it the term is not as derogatory as it used used to be when this game came out or when Dear Esther came, yeah. came out a few a few years before. But you're exploring your environment and you're getting pieces of the story along along the way. So the hardest part about it is like you're literally thrown into it like you would be if you were in the cold in the wilderness. And back then, you know, 59, there's no GPS. You had a map and a compass. And, <laughs> and a compass, that's it. Yeah. So it's and very actually real, had to realistic use the sense. damn compass. I yeah. like my husband's a planner, like an engineer. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know how to use a compass. Yeah. I'm like, okay, wait, it's north. So that way, that means I'm going east. <laughs> I just rely on sense of direction, which meant I got lost a lot in this game. <laughs> just yeah. wandering around the mountains. Actually, they'll find my lost, body in the spring. <laughs> I get lost playing Firewatch. <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs> Anyway, no one's ever going to invite us camping now because it'll just be like, don't invite those two camping. We'll be lost and we'll. But (laughs) we know how to survive. You know, we we can fend off the monster in the woods, maybe by running away. Like that, you don't even get weapons or anything in this game, to be clear. I mean, it literally is. You you don't have to be the fastest runner, you just have to outrun the slowest person. (laughs) Exactly. Invite invite that one friend that nobody likes and outrun them all. <laughs> like, bye, Karen. Bye, Karen. See you later. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, you don't get weapons. You just have this map and compass and you get notes. And the effect is really isolating. Yeah, the effect is really 
you know, you feel by yourself, you feel, you know, like alone, you know, and it really kind of causes you to think. I think that think that's really about this game. Like there's not so I mean, there's a few relationships in here. We can probably talk about like Vitaly with his wife and sister and uh and uh you know his anton you know we do get hints of relationships in that a little bit um but mainly i think the bigger uh relationship here would be just between yourself and the environment you know you're trying to navigate you're trying to figure it out you're trying to you know get where you need to go and all that stuff. Yeah. So. And I and I would also say, since this was based on a true story, like our relationship to what essentially becomes like an urban legend, even though this was a real story, but all the theories that came out of it, I think at one point somebody was like, oh, it's the Russian... Um, version of Bigfoot that probably killed some right. some of the campers. Yeah, it's what what is our relationship with urban legends with that sort of mystery with fantastical events that mm -hmm. makes us want to figure out what happened, and that is exactly what this game is about. You're exploring that relationship yeah. too. I mean, just look at how events. popular yeah. like unsolved mysteries and like. All this style. stuff is, you know, like it, we want to know, you know, yeah. we're fascinated by things that don't have an explanation. Mm -hmm. So it speaks to that like human, like curiosity, like what really happened? Yeah. What, what's going on and, and everything. And we have a need to know, we want to know, you know, we want to know that there's like an explanation for it yeah, and yeah. stuff and everything. And, and reading about the incident, it was like talked about, you know, some people said they saw orange lights in the sky, um, you know, you know, maybe it was yeah. like a government experiment and stuff and radioactivity, you know, yeah. like, I mean, all sorts of explanations that people were coming up with. And yeah, and we just we need to know. And it's that it's that curiosity that kind of like you're nervous and you're scared. Mm -hmm. but you still want to go ahead and try to figure it out. Like you still want to like go and try to find out all the papers and stuff like that, even though it's like creepy and isolating and everything, you're still kind of driven to, mm -hmm. to know like as much as you can. Um, yeah. And they kind of went in terms of like the, the plot and everything, they kind of went, you know, it, it was government. I mean, as far as I could tell, um, they had a lot of stuff that was kind of government-oriented, mm -hmm. like this guy was involved, was being experimented on and stuff, and they were yeah, trying it, it was a bit of a mind trick. Did you get, like, the real ending? Did you find all of the notes, and did you get the actual ending? Because there's it can, mm. it can end in multiple ways uh the ending i had was um spoilers by the way everybody was you just walk up to a tent um like you get to the third act and you're kind of in the dark and sean Bean's saying all sorts of weird stuff to you and you see mm -hmm. like an orange light and you keep walking towards it as he's like talking to you all crazy and then you get to the tent and it looks like the tent of the people and they're inside and like you attack them, it seems like. And then that's it. And then that's it. So my ending. Oh, if, you if, found all the news. <laughs> <laughs> because this is this is a game where like if you like exploring and you really want to dig into a mystery and figure it out, like you gotta find all of the notes. And if you find all of the notes. It ends with Anton talking and there's somebody else there and somebody says, oh no, he's awake. Quick, pull the plug. And then it ends. So it, ma it makes me think that you, the player, you're in some sort of experiment. 
and you're waking up, maybe you're in the mind of somebody or, or whatever, but that definitely, I think gives a lot more credence to the whole government conspiracy thing. Yeah. And especially on being just when, when he's talking about like, no, 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 this, this was planned. You were chosen for a reason, which felt very much like the supermassive games until dawn man, yeah. man of Medan, where it's like, there is a puppet master and he's pulling all of the strings. It felt very reminiscent to that. Granted, this game came out before those, those two did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how it ends. Like you wake up and the screen is black. You just hear talking. And then I assume they pull the plug and then, and then you die. (laughs) Okay then. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, I mean, the notes I found, the notes I found talked about, uh, the notes talked about, um, you know, uh, being a, like t- did talk about government facilities um it talked about anton and they were trying to open some kind of gate uh eight twenty twenty two. yeah gate 22. 22 yeah and uh and if it happened it was like madness it kind of almost felt like very lovecraft actually you know what it felt like event horizon Yes, I was thinking that too, and I was also thinking like this is a little Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian, and then Horizon yeah. reminded me of it, where he was talking about his eyes bleeding and he couldn't see, and it just reminded mm-hmm. me of Sam Neil being like, "Where we're going, we don't need eyes to see," and you're like, "Oh shit, Sam Neil!" Like, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really does. It was like super creepy. Grabs yeah. out his eyes and crap, and it's just like, okay. Don't hey, one of the victims was missing their eyes. Exactly. And Sean Bean, and Sean Bean <laughs> talks about, uh, you know, oh, my eyes are bleeding. He has this big, like, really creepy monologue where he's talking about, like, my eyes are bleeding. Yeah. Like, I mean, Sean Bean, I mean, he went to work that day, I suppose, because yeah. his monologues, <laughs> the monologues he was doing was, were good. Yeah. So it just kind of reminded me of that, you know, horizon a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like, my eyes are bleeding. And- yeah, you know, her eyes were gone and all that stuff. So I don't know, like it made me feel like unsettled. I think that was yeah. like my relationship with it. It was like unsettling. Like that's that's it. I felt, you know, you're by yourself. And almost what it what it created was that feeling like if you're in the house by yourself and you hear something. Or whatever, or all of a sudden you yeah. feel like you're not by yourself, and it kind of makes you want to turn around, but you don't. Yeah, <laughs> like that's kind of what it made me feel like. Like, yeah, you know, like there's and a, I mean, always be something behind me, you know, even though I know I'm alone. You don't know if you it's know, there. It's like looking around, and you're like, yeah, you know, especially since there was stuff behind you sometimes. Um, yeah, there's um about the orange creatures. Yeah the orange ghost demon things where since you can't defend yourself if they get up to you they kill you yeah instantly and, yeah and then, he, although it's forgiving know. saves it's forgiving saves i think so yeah yeah very much so you basically your option is outrun so that's it yeah that is all I mean, you can do yeah so I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, because most games, you know, they want, you know, like horror games, you know, like you're killing zombies or you're like running from the slasher or you're Mm -hmm. like, you know, doing all this very like action-y stuff. And this one was very interesting because it Mm -hmm. wasn't that. Yeah. And I mean, overall, it keeps the legend going. It keeps people questioning and ultimately what it presents is some form of like conspiracy theory that people had already been saying for years but obviously created like fictional characters um and i mean there's always i mean if if you even look at what's supposed to be the upcoming season 
of Stranger Things. Like mm-hmm. they're the <laughs> Russian trope of like government conspiracy cover up weird experiments, radioactive, what the fuck ever. I mean, that's those all of those kinds of stories obviously been going on for a long time, you know, even even before this. Mm -hmm. And I think there is while while there isn't a lot of like direct character to character relationships in this game, we still come back to the point of what is our relationship to these myths and legends and why do so many of these stories keep coming out of this part particular country and why are we so invested in them you know yeah, and not just as, as americans what is our relationship to it yeah. You, you know? yeah i mean not just that but like there are so many games and comics and uh books and things like that that are based off of like true events like true yeah. mysteries true urban legends stuff like that colot is one we played masochisia which is mm-hmm. one um uh the amityville horror wasn't that that was based off true um, i mean wasn't it a- a- allegedly true events allegedly there's true i mean event. with um uh Lorraine Warren and I'm sorry I'm blinking out on her yeah I'm I'm blinking out on her Ed and Lorraine Warren right I mean there's with the Amityville like haunting there's so much like speculation that they they helped make the entire thing up but yet they have still been that's right and they were involved in that weren't they yeah and then they did like the conjuring movies and stuff yeah you know, and it was, I, I think their involvement, and I mean, that continued to push that story forward and why we're still fascinated with yeah. it. You know, like, why do we choose to believe these stories in the absence of real hardcore evidence? Why do we right. want to believe such evil exists? And that's what this, what, what Colat feels like. Mm-hmm. And why we're pushing through the game and trying to read all of these notes to piece together the story. And we know it's not going to be good. Why yeah. do we want, why, why do we want to know how even bad it, something is? Yeah. And yeah. we even make things worse. Like, um, like H.H. H. Holmes, the serial mm-hmm. killer, like who had yeah. like the, the murder castle or like the murder hotel or whatever. <laughs> A lot of that is attributed to yellow journalism these days. Oh, like people yeah. realize that like the reporters and stuff were totally exaggerating some of this stuff. Like he had these trap doors, he had mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing and would like put people's bodies down the laundry chute so he could like, you know, take them apart in the basement and stuff like that, you know? And it's just, it just gets like bigger mm-hmm. you know what i mean it just gets bigger and there's certain things we latch on to that when you look at it's funny because at some point myths override like some horrors you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean it's like lizzie borden oh like has yeah. for some reason become like you know this this you know true crime horror story that everybody knows she killed two people with an axe. And yeah. then when you think about it and think of some of the other stuff that people have done in this country in terms of killers and stuff, you know, I mean, it's not like you're comparing, but like you think like, why do some, I guess what I'm trying to get at is mm-hmm. why do some latch on to imaginations where there's comics and games and, and movies and all this stuff made about them and some other equally horrific things kind of get lost to the annals of time absolutely what what sticks and what doesn't yeah i think it's it's a combination of really mysterious circumstances like the that love pass incident or if you're lizzie borden you get a catchy rhyme made Lizzie Borden took an axe and, and gave her mother forty one. When she saw what she, when she, saw she, what she had done, she gave her mother forty one. Which she never actually 
hit her parents that many times. It was only a f- just once or twice and then, and then like done. And it probably, we may all believe that, that she did it, but in a court of law, she was deemed innocent. Yeah. They, they, they couldn't find any evidence back then that she had done it. And I think part of why maybe that latches on is because like, oh, it's this young woman who did a horrible thing against her parents. And for the time, like that was unheard of and wasn't she like a school teacher or something she was kind of like unassuming or whatever yeah I don't remember like all the but you know it's just funny what yeah what you know you know because there's some incidences that just have so many books movies things done about Mm -hmm. them they become into like you know the history of our folklore and stuff like that and then there are other things that don't that people don't know yeah. about that are that are like I, equally yeah. horrific, you know. And honestly, some of it, you know, and and some aspect of that is also because of like, um, you know, just our history in this country. Because like, you know, how many people didn't know about the Tulsa incident before uh, oh, yeah. Watchmen came out, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So some some things that probably should and deserve to have our attention and be written about and have us be reminded about over and over again aren't uh because you know of our racist history and yeah. then of course so there's that aspect to some of them not all and mm-hmm. then some just don't you know and i think you're right now that i think about it i think it does have to do with media in a lot of ways you're a journalist so i blame you <laughs> <laughs> yes. but, I'm, but i'm serious but i'm serious like sometimes yeah. it's like some journalist or some writer somebody latches on to it so they put it in front of everybody's face and that's how and then other things just don't yeah. capture you know they just don't get the attention you know yeah. sometimes and I, it I think, takes one yeah. person like wanting to make sure everybody knows about this you Ab- know absolutely and i mean you brought up the, the tulsa incident um an- another thing that makes me it's it's not in in the same vein but it's still a level of destruction for the black community but before central park was central park like that whole area was a big thriving black community in new york and it was like another like tulsa and then they came in and they like got rid of all the houses and turned it into central park and i think it's there's no mystery to what happened and there's no and we know why it happened and the reality of it is so horrible i think that is one reason why it's been buried in our own history for so long whereas people are still trying to find bigfoot because that mystery has not been solved if a mystery hasn't been solved we're still fascinated by i mean Jean-Benet Ramsey, you know, the Golden State Killer, but now we know who he is. That's been put to rest. So is it exciting anymore? I mean, I I think less so because because it's been solved. Right. Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Still not solved today. Um, Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Not solved. Lizzie Borden. Not not solved. And I mean, the Dotloff past incident not solved you know oh god i forget the actual number but like around the world and even just in in america there is an unusually high number of people that like go on hikes and just disappear for and just (laughs) just disappear right and everybody is like why why is this happening yeah, yeah. And I only find evidence of it like years later. I oh, I was watching, I think it was on Unsolved Mysteries. And it was this family goes camping together. Their three-year-old kid like wanders off. He just disappears out of thin air. They can't find him. And then like one or two years later, they find his clothes on the top of a mountain that look untouched and they've been neat, neatly folded. What? But they haven't. But they haven't found his body. Creepy <laughs> as shit. Yeah. So it's something like a lot like with mountains. There's something that's just creepy with mountains, and it's not just oh, 
being alone. But I mean, you're vulnerable to nature, to the animals. It's true. It's stuff bigger than yourself. Like, that's what makes it scary. Um, There could be secrets. You know, it's not like a killer chasing you and you're like, oh, he's got a knife and you're running. It's like, this is mother nature. This is like snow Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And there's only so much you can do. You know, I mean, against the cold and mother nature, mother nature wants to kill you. She's going to do so. (laughs) Yeah. That's just it. You know, we're human. Um, And yeah, you know, it's just really interesting what does, you know, somebody made this game. So now people know about this. I didn't know Mm -hmm. about this incident before the game. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't know about it, but now I do, you know, because they made this game, you know, somebody, I think what it really teaches us when you think about it is that artists and, and it's up to kind of us that if we hear of something and if, you know, we feel like other people should know that this happened um, or these things happened, then, you know, writing about it, letting other people know about it, making a game, making a comic, making a movie, doing something is the way to get people to know about it, you know, raise awareness, you know, if you find Mm -hmm. out some history or something and you think other people should know about it, you know, we should, you know, because people can only know so much, but, you know, bring these things to, to people's attention, you know, and keep, keep these kind of stories, you know, going. And then maybe somebody will figure out what actually did happen. And even if it doesn't make it fun anymore, quote unquote, you know, you still have the answer. Yeah. You know, you still, you still have the answer and all of that stuff, Yeah, you know, and And there might be some people out there that, you know, are looking for closure about what happened. I mean, the, um, the, the actual people who went on the hike and the, the uh, camping trip, I mentioned before that there was a total of 10 people. Well, one of them like got sick. So they went back I'm glad. Oh, I, they, is that they, why? Yeah. So he's like, yeah. man, he dodged a, yeah. Dodged a big bullet, lived until he was 72. Wow. There you go. I mean, I'm sure something like that. I mean, if it, if I was in. So he their, was the last one pers- to see any of them. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, mind trip. That is a mind trip. Yeah. Like living with that. Yeah. Like, you know, wow. And I'm sure, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, that person was probably questioned, you know, like, did anything seem out of the ordinary? Was anybody acting weird? Were you guys on drugs, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and I mean, these, these, these were, these were students. Yeah, they were students at um, Polytechnic. Yeah, but like very, I, I, I didn't get the sense that they were going on a camping hiking trip to go drop acid or something oh no 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 it looks like actually i'm reading it and uh Mm -hmm. reading on like uh reading up on it like that trail and stuff they were taking they Mm -hmm. were all highly qualified skiers i guess russia has qualifications for hikers and stuff and so they were all at least like level two or qualified two or however they do it and doing this they would have come back and gotten certification for like the next level yeah so and, they they, they were experienced. They were experienced. They were experienced yeah. people. And um and um the other thing was is they went at like the worst time to go. Like which was like they went in February. Um, oh yeah. February 1st uh, and 2nd February. was like when they disappeared, they suspect, or when this yeah. thing happened. And uh and yeah, it was like the worst time to go like in the area to, you know, go and do this and stuff and so yeah, I mean that guy must say, you know, yeah, had some had some guilt or or you know some feelings. I mean, I'm sure it's not like, well, I couldn't help it. I didn't know, you know, I was sick. You know, there was no way I was gonna make it. You know, yeah. on the hike. And I mean, that's to go during that time of year. I mean, since they they had, I mean, I think they had to have chosen that on purpose since they were ex- experienced. They knew the area they yeah. knew what the weather was going to be like so if you weren't in tip-top shape like don't fucking go so yeah. that th- that guy did did the right choice and i misspoke earlier he did not die at 72 he died at 75 oh, in okay. april 2013 
So just two years before this game came out. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Oh, wow. I wonder if he, you know, if he played it, like if he would have been around to play it, like that would have been. Yeah. Dang. (laughs) I mean, I, I would not play it. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things where you probably wouldn't. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, that pass is named after the leader of the expedition, it looks like, too. Oh, guy at Lock yeah. Pass was yeah, named yeah. after, they called, named it after the guy who was, you know, the guy yeah. who was the Igor Oleskovich, Ol- yeah. Oleskovich, that, that yeah. love. Yeah. I think, I think they I named him after it. Right. Yeah. yeah. They named the pass after him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just funny, just not funny. I mean, funny, weird, not like haha, but just how we, you know, like, these guys are, what is this? They're Swedish? Is this from Swedish developers, this game? Um, I think so. Pol- Polish. Polish. Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting. Like, how did they hear about it? And how did, and what inspired them to make the game yeah. like this? You know, especially when it's not, you know, like a, like a typical, you know, you're shooting stuff up kind of horror game. I think Mm -hmm. it was just really, you know, about the experience and about learning and about, you know, trying to do a kind of what if, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, what's also interesting is like every single country has these sort of mysterious stories. Mm -hmm. Same shit happens all over the world whether you hear about it or not. So it's it's a weird way to kind of bring all of humanity together. <laughs> but I mean, if, yeah. if even, for example, you look at uh, legends of like, like cryptids, mm-hmm. what is Bigfoot here is the Yeti in another country or it's called something else. And like, through translation and migration and greater global accessibility to literature, um, which would include local lore and legends and people going out to research these things on, on, on their own and either put it in a nonfiction book or fictional video game, we have all of this greater access to these sorts of stories and it's I, I I won't say brought us together as humanity because that is complete bullshit, but it has given us a bunch of things to like talk about and consider with other people. It gives us who, stuff in common. Like like, like these stuff. stories. Yeah. yeah. Like these stories give us stuff in common. And mm-hmm. and then there are those stories, you know, it's just it's just how we have it interesting, these like mysteries and ghost stories yeah. and urban legends and and all this stuff. I mean, when I was on campus, uh, you know, I got told a story by a senior when I was an undergrad and <laughs> an undergrad. And it was that like you know, I mentioned that I could hear some weird sort of sound and it sounded like somebody was dropping marbles or hmm. something. And the senior told me that it was, it was um, like a kid had killed himself in that dorm above me. And like he, when he died, he knocked something off the table and crashed <laughs> so you could still hear it. And after research, you find out that there's a similar story in so many campuses across the United States, like almost the exact same story. Um, You know, and we had stories on our campus too. Like our story, our, um, our campus actually used to be a brothel. Oh, back in the day used to be like a speakeasy kind of thing. I went to school in New Hampshire and this place was built in the 1920s. And it was built by this kind of New York kind of gangster person. So they would travel from New York to New Hampshire so they could party at this remote place. Hmm. Inter- That's the story anyway. I actually don't know how true that history is. But, you know, it's one of those yeah. things where people pass around and they add their own flourishes and stuff like that. So it's very interesting. These type of games just kind of make you think about that. That's why we've been talking about it so much. It's yeah. just that it makes you think about like, 
all the legends and stories and unsolved mysteries and things, you know, and true life crime that you've heard in your life and, you know, how it um, shapes your own stuff. I mean, we all have stuff like that that we're fascinated with. When I was a kid, I was really, I really studied the Titanic. Oh, so and, did I. <laughs> and like what happened with the Titanic, like I can tell you, I can still tell you it's 888 mm-hmm. feet long and you could put two trains side by side in one of the smokestacks. And I could tell you that they, you know, a whole bunch of other facts about, about it still to this day, mm-hmm. you know, so we all have, you know, we all have these kind of events and stuff that fascinate us for whatever reason and everything. And I think this is the result of one of those, the developers for whatever reason became fascinated by this story and wanted to do something about it, share it, you know, share what fascinated them about it. And so that's what they did. So that's why we get this kind of exploratory game Mm -hmm. because it's kind of them saying, Hey, there's this thing and it's, mystery and it kind of intrigued us so Mm -hmm. you know we're kind of making this to kind of you know get out that curiosity and share that curiosity kind of thing yeah like here's here's our fictional theories about it and I know one this this game got rained a lot because there wasn't like a traditional beat by beat by beat plot it's 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 kind of abstract again going back to the term exploratory and i mean even back then this type of genre of game was also very experimental and was exploratory. It? i mean you know more about yeah. that than i do doing what you do so i don't know how common this i mean a yeah. lot more now you have these type of indie games like they're much more common now that they're A lot more experiences yeah. than anything you play you know yeah. have any like hand-eye coordination or whatever you know you just kind of play it to experience it yeah Um, anybody can jump jump in and play yeah but you're telling me that they weren't so was this kind of one of the first ones or I mean was this not so the one that kind of really kicked off like the walking sim genre missed missed yeah remember miss missed missed I do yeah missed and then the next big one was dear esther mm-hmm. and then i think and then like what what else came out the same year as colot um the vanishing of ethan carter oh yeah and then 2017 was oh hold on some somebody's at my door <laughs> All right. hold on i'll just cut this out okay yeah that uh my i did not realize my friends were bringing over uh beignets tonight to give to me i thought they were going to wait until tomorrow so (laughs) 
Yeah, my friend Christy uh, made beignets, and I was like, yeah, I will totally take some, and did not realize that they were coming over tonight. Okay. Sorry yeah, beignets. New Orleans. Yeah. yeah, and obviously. That's in my soul city. Yeah. I miss Tell it. Me. Okay, anyways, we're... Where do okay. we leave off? So yeah. you were saying that there was um, uh, Ethan Carter and Dear Esther, you know, because we're, because uh, uh, we, yeah, there were there other games that. Yeah. Yeah. So when Colot came out, I mean, there was the Vanishing of Ethan Carter came out the same year, two years later. And, uh, what remains of Edith Finch came came out, um, but those are just some of like these adventure style games that gained a lot of attention. But what was also happening at the same time, you had all these um, uh, like choice based games, like Life is Strange and Oxen Free, and they were all. It, it was all in this sort of experimental phase of like, how can we make games more exploratory, adventurous, but story driven and not have it be too focused on the mechanics? How can we make in an interactive story that isn't a twine yeah. game? And this is a result and miss kind of, I mean, in terms of how we do modern choose your own adventure style, not the actual book series, but like choice and, and consequence type type games, how mm-hmm. we do that today. I mean, that initially started with um, like Joust and all of those parser text games way, mm-hmm. way back when, um, which those games came out at the same time that the choose your own adventure series came came out so we had these two similar forms of media in the video game world and in the novel world that just started at the same time and they just kind of took their own paths and then eventually you know they only kind of collided between mm-hmm. within the last 10 10 years. And now they've got, um, did you ever play a uh, Bandersnatch on Netflix? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So now you've got yeah. not only, but interactive movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's interesting how we want yeah. to interact. We want to find out, we want to explore, make our choices mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's, I think what we're really getting down to with Colot, as we said, it's, it's really about you know, something that the developer wanted to show you, wanted you to experience or to know about rather than like trying some cool new mechanic or, you know, cool monster for you to fight or whatever. It's more about teaching you about this, this event and stuff like that. What these people could have gone through, create that sort of emotional connection. And even though you're playing it in a fictional world, I mean, it's still giving you the same like emotions like anxiety frustration fear and it does I I think it does that like very well most most of the game hinges on what sort of relationship the player develops to the environment yeah yeah Yeah. indeed indeed I think it would be if there's any um, black game designers out there in, the, in this inspiration from Colot and thinking about events, mm-hmm. I think it could be really powerful if there was a Black game designer who made a game about, like, the Tulsa Massacre. I'm sure there is, there is somebody somewhere who's, I mean, working on events like that. I don't, I'm, I'm sure some somebody somewhere is working on a Black main character driven game that's very story heavy rather than game gameplay heavy at least i hope somebody is doing that and i i, so. I, would, I mean can you think of one i mean i can't think of one but then i don't have much uh, time for games anymore goodness oh there's one i need to go 
research this because it's not going to be a triple A title. It's going to be no, one of not. these, one of these, these. It's going to be indie. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be indie. Yeah. Research it and then put it up like on our Twitter and yeah. see if you find, find something. And I'll try and look too, because you know, thinking about this, think, think this could, you know, something like this is a good medium to teach you about events mm-hmm. like this and what other things could we learn about, you know, using this type of method of, you know, exploring and interacting and, and, you know, all of that sort of stuff, you know, so I think it'd be really interesting for some POC to talk, to do something like that, you know, have a Native American talk about, you know, being moved to reservations and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. in a game and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, we don't, there's not a whole lot of that. And it's because, you know, the larger industry is still mostly white and that's not our, not our history, not our stories to yeah. tell. You know, well, that's why and, I'm saying, yeah. you know, I'd be really interested for, you know, people to pick up, yeah. you know, and do that. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're not heard of, I can't think of one offhand. Um, you know, but mm-hmm. I'd be really interested mm-hmm. in, in or, playing yeah. something like that, you know, just, you know, so if there's any POC, you know, designers out there listening to this, you know, like. And you've got a I'm, horror game you want us to check out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us if you know. Slide, one. slide in yeah. our DMs. We give yeah. you full permission to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Just tell us. Let us know if you if you find one. And we'll post the question on Twitter, too. Um, I think we should, you know, post it on Twitter, mm-hmm. too, to see if anybody knows of, of games like that. You know, we, we should definitely play them on, you know, for the podcast if we find yeah. any. I think that would be very interesting. So if I'm you were sure, going to pick an yeah. event to do a game about or for an unsolved <laughs> mystery to do a game about, oh. what would you pick? Oh, you know, I don't even know if I would go unsolved mystery or horror or anything like that. I would love to have something based in like New York in any one of the five boroughs in the 1920s, but do it from the perspective of somebody like immigrating at that time, only because that's my personal history, my ancestry. And that's still something, you, you know, we, we, it's never even still been done in an accurate way for the most part, like any group of people who have immigrated to this country, whether, whether by choice or by force, you know, there is stories have always gotten, you know, pushed back. Mm. So I would love to do that. Um, If it was about a point in history, maybe the London blitz, my friend Christie's really got gotten me into that part of World World War II. Um, I would love to see something more about. I think it's the Russian Night Witches oh, during yeah, yeah, yeah. World, World War II as well. That 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 I post about uh, the D Day girls in London. It just you know, like taking like it can be about the same. Like we 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 can talk about the same era of history over and over again, but there is it's it's not just one thing that happened during during that era. It's so many other things. Um, oh God, for unsolved mystery stuff, you would think I could think of something right now, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't. Oh, but. We need more mystery games in general, yeah. more detective games. And I mean this walking sim adventure, like choice and consequence style. Yeah. Like the like the closest we've had is like L.A. Noir, And yeah, that yeah, came yeah. out years ago. I played it's, that. I love that game. <laughs> yeah. And I mean the other like like – 
horror mystery type game that's a comedy that I have played came out of a small four-person developer team in Ireland called Dark Side Detective. Nice. And it is abs- it is absolutely hysterical. <laughs> yeah. So, what totally. what what would you do? That was my very Oh, in this vein answer. of something like Colon or like these walking mm-hmm. sim exploratory mystery things, mm-hmm. I'd do Alicia Lamb. I haven't heard of her. Girl, oh my god. I haven't heard of her. Oh no. Okay, you need to look this up. (laughs) Okay, so it's this girl at a hotel in San Francisco, somewhere in California, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Alicia, E-L-I-S-H-A-L-A-M. And she disappeared. And they were trying to find her. And there's video that you can watch of her acting super, super weird Wait, on the elevator. Do you mean Eliza Lamb? Eliza. Yes, Eliza. Yes. This. Oh, my God. I love this story. And I then was- they found her in the water tower in, thing on the in top the wa- of the in, in the water tank. Yeah. So this happened at the Stay on Main Hotel. And okay, well, it's called the Stay on Main now, but before they changed the name because of because of this. So it was the Cecile in downtown LA, and it it had been the okay, Cecile. Okay, it was LA. I knew it was in California since so. the twenties. And fun fact: Richard Ramirez used to live in that hotel, and <laughs> his copycat, the, the, the Night Stalker. Yeah, Ramirez, the Night Stalker, the Night Stalker. Did. And at some point, I think the Black Dahlia stayed there briefly or met somebody in there so it's a very historical place for nefarious reasons but absolutely eliza lamb like yeah she, i would totally do that can you imagine you just your thing is just walking around the hotel and like in the rooms and everything and like in the elevator where she like you see video of her and stuff like yeah. that that would be yeah super cool i do something she, like that and this is kind of, this all goes back to like, the reason why we're getting so excited about this is it's very kind of similar to Colot in, in which why did these people run out of their tent, not, not only run out of their tents in the middle of the night, they cut their tents open from the inside to get out. Yeah. So somehow Eliza Lamb, she ended up, and they they don't have any evidence of how this happened. They don't have suspects, like nothing. She ended up on one of the two big like water yeah. tanks on the ceiling or on. And they didn't the roof. find her until the. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't find her until the people uh, started complaining about the water. Yeah, because the water was turning brown, but. How yeah, is she I have to say because, you just because, have to because it was locked. The thing, <laughs> the water tower was locked from the yeah. outside, not to mention the door to get up to the roof was alarmed and it was locked as yeah. well. I just have to say for those who are listening, like it's super creepy because <laughs> lights just went off as we're talking about this. And we're just oh, like, yeah. So my Eliza doesn't my want living- us talking about her. No, my lights in my living room are on a timer. And this is the time that they go off every night, but it was just <laughs> timed very perf- per- perfectly well with what, with what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I do. I mean, it could be very cool. Like you show up at the hotel as a detective mm-hmm. and your job is trying to figure out what happened. So you start yeah. wandering around. You could even do it if you wanted to have it a very like co-lot feel. You could even do it where the manager lets you in like after like they, they've closed the hotel for some reason for maintenance or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they agree to let you in there to poke around. Because no one's yeah. going to be there and you won't disturb the guests or something. So you're basically just walking around this empty mm-hmm. hotel with and evidence that like, there have been people there. Yeah. Yeah. It could be like a ghost hunting type thing. Because, oh my God, there's a multiplayer game out right now. I think it's like fan Phantasm or something. But you play as ghost hunters and you have to try to hunt this ghost. But it's supposed to be really scary. Nice. Yeah. 
Maybe you should put that on our list. Maybe we should. Yeah. But yeah, you could if you're gonna do a ghost hunting thing, then it would be like you could have like a meter or like a can that you would put and then you'd see like mm-hmm. evidence or like maybe like past stuff that happened. Like that yeah. would be cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's what Colot made us think about, you know, myths and legends and true history, unsolved mysteries. Yeah um awesome so next time on the docket on the docket we're gonna be doing uh go ahead joanna we're gonna be i was was gonna say it's my turn it's your turn it's my turn (laughs) um that's fine we are going to be talking about the 2019 film the lodge which is directed by veronica franz and severin fiala uh-huh. Uh, as part of our little, it's going to be our Christmas holiday film, holiday celebration. It takes whatever. place over Christmas. This will be yeah. over Christmas or whatever holiday. It'll you be just before this actually comes out. This episode, that episode will come out the 23rd of December. So just oh. Christmas week. Yeah. So this will be our, our, that'll be our holiday episode. Yes. Cause it's not Christmas if it's not creepy. That's right. <laughs> but anyways. <Yes>. It- yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you enjoyed our episode today and you loved listening to us talk a little bit about cola and a lot about urban myths and legends give us a follow on twitter we're at the box underscore podcast you can find more episodes of ours on stitcher spotify apple podcasts and podbean and if you have a horror game suggestion or you are writing a horror game, especially about a lesser-known event in history, slide into our DMs. We would love to play that. Mm-hmm. But until next time, y'all. What's in the box?